0: Tammy here. Alaska Thunderfuck. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen Drag Race? I felt so sweaty speaking to Alaska because she's very good at her job. And um, I think you can't even tell. Listen to the episode and tell me if I sound sweaty. Um, You can let me know via commenting on my Instagram. Just say yes or no sweaty. Please enjoy the episode. And hey, you know what you could do if you really love this episode? You could become a Patreon patron of this very show. You could get a hat. Who doesn't want a hat? It's going to be summer. You've got to keep your eyes covered up with a hat that you will wear on your head, but which will create shade. Okay. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm stolen So I always have guests on the show introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah. Hi, my name's Alaska, like the state. How's it going? Um,
0: Um, obviously it's also just a particular pleasure to hear you say, my name's Alaska. That's like a very, (laughs) it's like to have that delivered directly to me via Zoom (laughs) feels like a real honor. So thank you.
1: (laughs) You are welcome. Anytime. uh.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> so you are a beautiful and massively successful queen.
1: Oh, that's wow. what I would say. What okay. would you say? Thank you. No, that's nice. Yeah, I do drag. I love um drag, and I do drag, and I'm a drag queen, and yeah, that's what I do.
0: And you have uh, like a, I think a cash look on, but it's still very put together <laughs> for the podcast listeners. It's like a sort of a. I don't know where your um, form-fitting turtleneck ends. So I'm just going to assume it's a catsuit that you have placed.
1: (laughs) Okay. So listen, I know that this is just audio, but it it helps me to like put on... Because I'm going to be on camera. So we're talking on Zoom. So I'm like, it helps me to like get in the mood to like put on an outfit. So I'm this is. How did you know? I mean, you must know. This is I'm wearing it as like a, you know, like a turtleneck, like a a tiger print turtleneck, but it actually is a um it's a leotard. So it yes. like <laughs> so it like goes down.
0: Absolutely. Like,
1: Um, so I am like, I am ready to, to dance.
0: You're ready to go. And
1: I put pants over the leotard.
0: Yes. Pants over the leotard, but the top is not going to shift because it's connected through the crotch, which is a true dream come, which is true, which is a dream come true.
1: It's secure. Um, mm -hmm. It is stable.
0: Yeah. That's more than I can say for myself. (laughs) I want (laughs) to ask you about what you just said, because that makes sense to me, you know, um, wanting to like physically get into a different zone because that is such a big part of drag, right? There's a whole prep time. I'm assuming maybe some of that is also, yeah, getting one in the mood to be seen and to talk and right. Is that part of it?
1: Yeah. I mean, drag is like a whole other like Like, for the listeners, I'm not in full drag right now. I kind of am, because, you know, I did my hair and I'm wearing a a fucking leotard. But, um, no, I mean, drag is fully, like, a transformative process. And that's why it, like, it takes a long time. Like, people are always like, how long does it take you to get ready? And my answer is, I like to have three hours. Uh, I i can do it in two hours i can do it in one hour if you want me to be really unhappy and a complete like bitch to everybody so like it the pro the process of transforming is part of it and i believe that like a magical something magical happens in that process ideally
0: so then it makes sense to me that maybe it would be hard to not do that if that is the mode that you usually are in the world or is that not true like what is it like for you to appear as this version of yourself
1: (laughs) this is great this is just fun this is like easy and doesn't feel weird no no doesn't feel weird i'm you know i'm comfortable i just uh i'm just you know it's easy and it's fun drag no drag is a pain in the ass i mean it's painful it takes forever (laughs) it's like gross and then it takes forever to take off but we do it anyway because it's because that's love
0: yeah i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm just projecting my own experience of like getting ready to do stand-up there's a Mm -hmm. whole it's not the same thing right but like i for instance i like need to wear a jacket like it's like very important to me that i'm wearing a jacket like appearing on stage uh, without a jacket is uh, disorienting. Like Forbidden. how how will they place me? How will they understand <laughs> what I'm saying? How will I be powerful? <laughs> All with, right. It's just my body out here trying yeah. to tell jokes. Like that's impossible. I'm not funny without a jacket. Like that's that I, feels yeah. very true in my mind. <laughs> so
1: yes. Oh, I get it. Like, I, I completely get that. And I feel that way about drag. It's like, because if I were to go and if you're expecting a drag show, it's like the expectation. And and if I were to come out and I would to just be like not in drag, it would be really weird for the audience, but it would be even weirder for me because I'm like, no, that's, the, uh, that's what you came to see. That's the, you know, that's the magic act.
0: Absolutely. I, I guess I have this question, because I don't, I'm very curious about the answer to this. I think you are a queen who is, um, this is just observing from afar, um, (laughs) recognizable both in and out of drag. Is that true for you? Like people can place you in and out of drag?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a hundred feet tall and I, (laughs) you know, I can't like, I try and be I try and like blend in when I'm at the airport because I don't want to be bothered and I just want it to be like a seamless, but it's like, no, I mean, I'm really, I'm really tall and I'm, I'm sort of, I do, I, I stand out whether I like it or not. And it's really the voice that get, you know, if I'm like at Starbucks right. or something that, and, and people are like, maybe that is, maybe that's Alaska. I don't know. <laughs> but it's when I'm like, thank you. It's not right. <laughs> the then they're like, yeah, yep, the voice got it
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i mean I, I just i guess i imagine that there may be some queens who have like a level of anonymity because we're like culturally less used to seeing them out of drag and so for right. you i feel like yeah you've got this distinct voice um what is that like to be noticed all the time in airports and at starbucks's
1: um uh, no i mean it's it's great it's not it's not at a level where it's annoying or invasive, like it's just, oh, I you know it's like I run into like random friends everywhere I go, so if I'm feeling like really like just sort of disoriented and at the airport, it's always it's always very nice. it's I don't have helicopters outside my my house and I don't have paparazzi following me at the grocery store. It's just every now and then I run into a nice person and sometimes they want a picture or just God, that sounds home. lovely. Yeah, it's not bad. It's great. <laughs> it's good.
0: <laughs> Where are you from? I don't know why I don't know this.
1: I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh. Yeah.
0: Have I been to Erie? I don't know anything about Erie. What's that? What's um, like Erie like?
1: It's in the upper western corner of Pennsylvania, and it's on the lake. And um it snows like nine months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i hear you absolutely
1: <laughs> but i love that i love getting to go back and like oh, most of my family uh lives there and i get to go back a, a few times a year when when it's not you know a worldwide shutdown
0: <laughs> what is so it's like as i guess maybe smallish city smallish yeah that's a that's always an interesting thing to uh to kind of the be the pride of a smaller town. I I I will say that one thing that's very cute is um like a year ago I released a a book. I like had a book come out and mm-hmm. um a small group of moms from my hometown like formed a book club just to read my book. Like that's the kind of vibe of like when you're from a small place and they can be proud of you, you know, where they're like and they yeah. all to me handwritten uh letters that were like We really like this book and like, yes, queer rights or whatever. You know, just a bunch of moms in a suburb together reading about like my sex life. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) They're like, we're going to
0: skip pages 46 and 47. (laughs) They're like, we're going to highlight pages. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So does that do you do you get that at all in in your hometown? People proud?
1: I've. I felt that a little bit when um when uh I recently did an interview with uh with a reporter from from an eerie publication and it was amazing and it was like feeding to my soul because yeah. like that's my that's my home and and my heart and like it was it was great it 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 nourished my soul it was nice
0: when you were a kid there what was that experience?
1: I was like a really shy kid because, you know, I, I figured out very early that, you know, like, uh, probably being a little gay queer kid isn't really going to work. Like, there's no like, like, um. so I learned how to like hide and I sort of w- went really introverted. So I I like I drew pictures a lot, which I still do. But that was my like. That was my journaling. I would draw draw like pictures.
0: I'm kind of a yeah. I'm an I'm I'm actually weird. I'm a secret introvert. Um, yeah. Where I think I can talk to a lot of people, and I can be really performative and big if I need to be. Um, but I also would like love to be at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I uh, I feel that. I also, I mean, that makes sense to me, for me, when I think about, like, why stand up? A big part of it is almost like I needed to create this, like, person that would Uh. go into the world for me. Where it was like, well, I don't know how I will be received here. Like, me, soft, squishy, cammy, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, this, like, more confident, jacket-wearing person, (laughs) that person can go out (laughs) and make the money and bring it home, you know? um yeah and i mean does that does that ring true at all is oh that
1: god I, you you summed up my entire like yes absolutely that's that's what what alaska is she she can she can break down the doors and get in places that i never could she can say things that i never would uh and she's 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 ready to be on camera and and have her picture taken whereas i'm like okay no we don't we don't have to do that (laughs) no absolutely yeah
0: do you feel like you have a a, do you have a group of people that you can be like your chill inside person with yes and
1: yes i need them to live yes me too I need them to live, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, I, I would be garbage without them. So so yes, absolutely.
0: Who's in that group? I mean, not names, but like, uh, is it queer folks? Is it folks you grew up with? Is it where where did you meet those people?
1: Um. Uh, oh yeah, queer as queer as fuck. Uh, folks. Um. Uh, my my just like really close friends and, and also like artistically, you know we we work together as well so it's like so they're a part of it so it's it's more fulfilling to like it be involved with like my friends and and the people i love it, when they get to be like when we all get to be a part of it you know
0: yeah i mean i get i i i'm i'm listening but i for me this <laughs> group of people is not other stand-up comics um but i think I mean, maybe it's just that, like, that industry is mostly straight cis dudes. So right. there was, like, a time limit on what we'd have in common. Like, in my early 20s, I was like, we're all the same. And then, like, now I'm like, I don't know. Like, I really <laughs> like these guys, but, like, they're not my, like, core dudes. Like, I'm not living that life of, like, sitting around listening to a bunch of guys talk about drumming or whatever. Like, drum solos on whatever record. Like, I'm just not doing that anymore. Um <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, yeah thank you thank you yeah, for i'm the- <laughs> glad to
1: hear that i'm yeah. glad <laughs> but for
0: you it's it sounds like you're talking about other queens it sounds like you're talking about a group of uh no drag performers
1: no not really i mean uh it, partially yes um uh, but but not not exclude I, I it's like my my real my really like my close sisters some of them are drag queens some of them are like drag adjacent And so it's like we, but, but all, but always artists.
0: Drag adjacent is, (laughs) sounds great. (laughs) Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: (laughs) Then, what's bothering you? Me? Oh,
1: nothing. We're all set for Max Fun drive to start on Monday, March eighteenth. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check
0: what hang on so how is um how is your pandemic going?
1: Um right now, I'm like a rat in a cage um because um, uh, it's like. I'm really close to being fully vaccinated. And so I feel like it's the end of the school year. And I don't feel like doing my homework. I don't feel like reading War and Peace. I just feel like going on summer vacation. And um, and I'm just like, I'm like bouncing off the walls. I'm like ready to get the fuck out. That's where I'm at at this point. But no, I'm very, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's been really devastating for a lot of people. And I'm just I'm blessed that drag has found a way to survive in one form or another during all of this.
0: Yeah. What has that looked like for you? The the drag element of pandemic times?
1: Well, I mean, there were like there were digital shows. We -hmm. were able to do uh, the pageant that we did. You know, we did it originally in a theater and then we were like. I don't know, should we do it? Should we do it again? And then we did it in a digital format, and it was really cool. And we actually learned that, like, that actually opened up the doors for people from all around the world to come and, like, watch and be part of it. So I think we're going to incorporate that. Even when we get back into a theater, we're going to be, like, we're going to do it some sort of live stream thing with it, too. So that was... And podcasting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is cool. The... The ways that I mean, I don't know that stand up will work the same way, but it, that does make sense to me for drag that keeping a, a virtual element would be really additive and really help
1: performers yeah. to
0: be able to get extra revenue or extra exposure or just like bigger audiences because you're not confined to the number of seats that are in the theater. So that's I mean, that sounds like a there are there are some things that are going to stay with us and that that could be one of them for sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense.
1: I think so. And that's one of the, you know, one of the few good things that we've taken away from all this.
0: Yeah. Especially because, I don't know, for some reason, it seems like drag uh, productions are always, like, a little ahead of the game in (laughs) terms of... Is that... What's the laugh? Yes, no. Yes! Oh, my uh... God. In terms of, like, I mean, I feel like stand-up is, like, people were figuring were were attempting to figure out how to turn their microphones on and right. in drag in the pandemic people were already like performing like virtually at drive-ins and also like at home with their full setups like shooting mm-hmm. beautiful high def stuff so it does it's a maybe it's just a field that already draws that sort of self-sufficiency you know because i mean no. i don't know people are like making their own costumes to start, things like that. And then Mm -hmm. that naturally evolves. I don't know why that would be so specific to drag, but.
1: Well, I feel like drag, I feel like, you know, like everything sort of, everything sort of went digital. Like, you know, the pandemic happened and it was like, so everyone was like, so normal people or like the, the vast majority of people in the world were like, oh, I better get a ring light and a microphone. And drag queens were like, I already have a ring light. I have a backdrop. <laughs> Honey, a, I've been recording music in my in my house for years. I, I have a microphone.
0: Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, you're right. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, congrats to you for being uh... At a different I just feel like it it was very funny to watch the number of comics that were just like, I won't be performing for the next year as like queens were doing high kicks like across their own oh, living yeah. room. Oh you know? yeah. Drag yeah.
1: queens are like, no, no apocalypse. Here. <laughs>
0: um, do you miss the in person stuff? Or yes. is there any of it that's a relief? Oh it, yeah, you just miss <laughs> yes. it. Yep. There we go. Yes.
1: <laughs> i miss it so much i miss bars i miss dressing rooms i miss audiences i there's nothing i mean there's nothing more soul crushing than the like half a second delay on zoom when you're like (laughs) if you're like in a group zoom call and you say something really fucking funny there's that moment of like (gasps) when there's just silence for a second like Absolutely. oh no, it wasn't as funny as it was in my bra- oh no, it was okay, it was funny. No, it's <laughs> constant. It's horrible. Uh, no, there's nothing like in person. It, that's why it's an art form that has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Is because there's nothing like it.
0: Talk to me about little you, younger you, uh, finding drag. Where did you first? Where did you first see drag performers?
1: Uh, where did I first see drag? Well. I first saw drag on um, the movie The Bird Cage. Oh yeah. And I um and you know, I I saw, you know, Nathan Lane as Starina, like being the queen of ceremonies. And I was like, okay. I saw um Tu Wong Fu. And I, they kept saying drag queen, drag queen, drag. And I, I kept hearing dry clean. Like I thought they were talking about like dry cleaning. Like I didn't, I didn't really understand. And when I first saw a drag queen performing in real life, I think it was like in Morgantown, West Virginia. And I walked in, there was a drag queen, like lip syncing her song. And I was like, I was, I said to my boyfriend at the time, I was like, why isn't she, why isn't she singing? What? what's going on (laughs) so i didn't i didn't really understand drag i liked it but i didn't understand it at all
0: the birdcage is just to circle back on that for a second that is a beautiful movie
1: (laughs) it's so funny
0: it's so funny (laughs) and and also like there are definitely well i think it's aged pretty well i watched it a couple years ago um and it's still very good and still very sweet
1: it, it is and the writing is so funny and the actors are all brilliant and it's also like strangely like kind of about like it kind of applies to now it's like the they're like politically so divided these people and then they have to come together it's like yeah. that I, I don't know I think they should like do a remake of it and it's like um, super conservative right with Super, super liberal.
0: Absolutely. Let's make that movie. Let's go. Let's end this call and go make that movie. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. It's 100%. I also think another thing that stood out to me when I first saw that, because I'm i trying to think of, I don't know when I first saw it, but the idea that, um oh my God, what is her name? Christine, the Bransky. actor who, yes, yes. Yeah. The idea that Christine Bransky, her character is not, Mad at Robin Williams' character like she misses him in their because they previously had a loving relationship Mm -hmm. but when he but he is gay and she loves him anyway and I think I think um, I'm trying to think if I still even to this day have seen that kind of relationship depicted on film where like it's not like a child coming out to parents but it's talking about the complexity of queerness as it contributes to, like, m- blended families. And I, I yes. just think it's—that it, sh- that movie was so ahead of its time, and, um, yeah, like, she just loves him. I don't know that I've seen yeah. that from—like, our stories are so—everybody's always dying or sad. And right. also, they they end at the moment where— Robin Williams would come out, like, in a different movie. That's the end of the movie. And so just that it's, like, shifted forward and we actually get to see what the rest of his life is like. It's really beautiful. And, it's uh, so
1: true. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's It shows the, like, complexity and it, in just, like, a loving, lovely way. It you is. is—you're uh, you're so right.
0: Especially because for folks that are— I was thinking about this the other day. There's, like, a really young generation now. Like, I would say Gen Z, but even maybe even younger than Gen Z— we're like they're just gonna maybe not everybody, but they're just gonna know who they are. Maybe, right. maybe. I hope. <laughs> I hope. But for folks like that are like my age, uh, that's not true. And then for folks older, so there's there are a lot of these like blended families where people had kids or relationships or marriages, and then we're just all supposed to live the rest of our lives having the complexity of those things around us, and it's not it. Anyway, I just um, I was thinking about how that might go away and how specific that is to queerness now. Just was it's true. Wondering Who about
1: knows? It. I yeah. I you know I I look forward to a Star Trek future where you know gender isn't such a like hang up and not such sure. a like horrible like like people getting killed over wearing the right you know clothing. Like I hope that it it gets to a point where it's not so like. So rigid. I look forward to that.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I mean that, you know, you're the way that you're dressed right now is um gender nonconforming or whatever for like for whatever phrasing we want to use. Um and was that when you were when did you give yourself permission to do that? Always in life? Or was there a, a moment where you felt like you could dress in the way that you wanted to?
1: Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't, I mean, it's still, I, I don't know. It's still, Uh, it's still a, like, journey and a conversation, and it's sort of always shifting, and I don't, you know, some, I, I don't, That. that's the thing about gender is, like, I don't, uh, I don't really believe, like, I don't, I don't believe in it because, <laughs> because it, <laughs> It just change It's so mutable and it like is constantly changing it's like sometimes I want to be more like femme and sometimes I fucking don't want to be and and so it's like why you know so I can't really I I don't so I don't know that there's a phrase I guess gender nonconforming is cool. My friend Jeremy likes to say gender floral. Which yeah, I like. absolutely.
0: I like for me gender fuckage. I like yeah. that a lot, you know.
1: Yeah, Um, but I don't know. I guess it started like I like when I was in like like high school and college. I was very like, I was like, I was trying to be like kind of like act act not effeminate so that I could like go on like get laid and go go on dates with guys because it was it was told to me that like that's what you have to do. And then at a certain point, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to be as faggy and as gay as I possibly can. And so I just went the other way with it. And so I guess that was like, and that's when I started getting to get into drag. I was like, I want to go to the, I want to indulge this sort of instinct within me that is effeminate and sort of, and and gay. And so I did. And that I fell into drag. That.
0: Yeah, that's also interesting because I don't know that, I think, like in a post in a post like drag race world, I don't know that younger folks like folks who are like if that's their first exposure to queerness, for instance, mm. I don't know that they will know about this thing that you're talking about, maybe they will but where um uh like to butch it up was was very. That thing that you're talking about, about, like, to get laid, I had to butch it up. I mean, yeah. I, I would love to talk about more about that for a second, because I feel like it's something that as a community, as we're talking more about, like, a spectrum of gender, I feel like we're not talking about that as much. But it was, I mean, I definitely know what you're talking about and remember that idea of, like, giant muscles and, like, uh, yeah, like, masculinity being super prized. W- what age were you when that was happening? When you were like getting those messages?
1: Um, I mean, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21.
0: 22. And what were you trying to do? Like what what were you trying to wear or be or be interested in?
1: I don't know. I guess it was just like trying to like control my mannerisms. Very like mm-hmm. fucking, you know, very uh Nathan Lane and the birdcage. It was very like. Trying to like, and of course, it, even in trying to do that, I was still failing at it because I ultimately, like, I can't, I, I can't do it even if I try. <laughs> um, uh, but I, you know, just trying to like, you know, calm down the clothes, nothing too like flashy. Um, calm down the the mannerisms, the 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 speaking. It's like, and eventually, I would, I just felt so like repressed and oppressed by that. I was like, fuck. Fuck that. And the funny thing is, once I did that, once I said, fuck that bullshit, then I started like really having like great relationships and great, you know, uh, dalliances with with people who really like saw me and really got me. And so ultimately, that's going to be better, like in intimacy anyway. than if you're like trying to, I don't know be something else
0: yeah yeah absolutely i feel like i'm still trying to i mean at this point in my life even still trying to figure out what i'm supposed to wear and how i'm supposed to be in the world because uh i don't know what is the like mask of center cheetah print leotard i that's what i need that's what i need (laughs) i need the i need the opposite side of the coin that you're doing Um, and. Anyway, I feel like it's, well, when I look at something like Drag Race or you, when I look at you, you know, like in culture, I just think you're giving so many people permission to Mm. be the person that they are. Um, And I I feel like I can't always identify who is giving me permission. Like, I mean, number one, I could just give it to myself, but I don't always have Mm -hmm. like aspirational people that I can look to and go like, I mean, I think Lena Waithe looks amazing all the time. Who else looks amazing? I can't, I, I, my list is short. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right um i guess i want to ask you about so you started dating you started dating started doing where were you where were you when you started geographically when you started doing i was drag. in
1: pittsburgh i went to ah. school at, at the university of pittsburgh and it was toward the end like i, w- I was involved in theater and then i was like then i was like getting into drag and it was like at that point drag was very underground it was not you know it was sort of like it was sort of like my roommate it was like the, the bane of my roommate my roommate's existence <laughs> because drag is messy and it's wild and it's da- it would i was it was dangerous it was like you know like um it was certainly not a viable career choice it was sort of like i was i was like i was throwing away you know like like oh you're gonna throw away your life and go do drag like you you know it was not what it is now which is like oh now it's like a career totally baffling to me
0: that is wild yeah that's a massive change also pittsburgh is beautiful um so beautiful. Which is so weird. I don't know why I didn't ever just just saying that just I'm just saying that as a public service announcement to the listeners of the podcast, because I didn't know that until a few years ago. And I drove really in there for a show and was like, wait, what? <laughs>
1: I did it's not. beautiful and fun beautiful. and fierce. I love it.
0: Yeah. When you were first performing there, what size community, you know, were you one of a few? Is there was there like a vibrant scene at the time? Well that's the thing about drag
1: is like anywhere you go the even at that time anywhere you went there were drag queens like drag was happening it we didn't have a TV show it we didn't have i mean really i guess a little bit of the internet but even before the internet like drag was happening it was going on and um because it's, like, a necessary thing for the community, you know? Like, we needed that. So it was, like, so I would get to know very organically the drag queens who were in town. Like, that's how it worked. It was, like, I went and I did a a contest show, and I met some queens that way, and then, you know, it continued that way, and then, you know, we were friends, and then we were sisters, and...
0: Yeah. Well, also, you're right. Of of course, it was happening. And I I do think that I was thinking about when you said that you miss bars earlier. Like, Mm. that was one of the (laughs) first things you said you missed. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, uh, that's also specific, I think, to what you're talking about. Because, I I mean, I think now you perform mostly in theaters. Is that true? Do you mostly perform in theaters now? Or sometimes perform Uh, in theaters?
1: It's been so long. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> well, you I don't know. Yeah, in your
0: house right now. You your <laughs> in house. my house. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah no. Um, yeah. Th- theaters. I also fucking love nightclubs, and I love. I love bars. So you know, a little of. A, yeah, a little of all of it.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say that I think, to my knowledge, anyway, and the first the first time I saw drag, so like in Provincetown, people there would be drag queens performing in theaters. But outside of Provincetown, it was bars yeah. and, and nightclubs. And you're competing with, um, like, all manner of screaming, all manner of people getting drinks, all manner mm-hmm. of people hooking up. Um, mm-hmm. I, Like, I went to those shows. When I was first performing myself, sometimes I would have... I actually sometimes did sets at those shows, which honestly... That's, what a terrible experience. <laughs> that's
1: terrifying.
0: Don't yeah. do that. Nobody, don't
1: do that to yourself.
0: Why was anybody booking me? I just was like at the place where you had to say yes to everything. And I'd be like, of course. I guess. And, you know, like, I like oh, my God. put on my like vest and bow tie and was just like, people are like, we don't want to see this. And I'm like, no, I agree. Huh. But I am making $50, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to tell the joke.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's a that's a sort of a rowdy Yeah, that's like a rowdy version of, I guess I was going to ask if you still have that, if you still have that like rowdy out there in the mix version of performing this or if that's changed at all.
1: Yes, I do. And that's why, you know, that's why I gravitated toward drag because it sort of goes a step beyond theater in, in a sort of like, you know, the theater is like, there's a strict delineation. It's like when you're on stage, you're in your costume, you're in your character, and you do your thing, and then the curtain comes down, you take off your, You are never to wear your co- your costume out into the world. That is forbidden in the theater. In drag, it's like, I come right off stage, I'm still in it, the, the line is completely broken, I'm at the bar getting it... You know, it's like it like completely shatters that like strict delineation which i liked you know and i you know i love theater and i love the rules of it but drag was very like there are no there are no rules the the thing you saw on stage is suddenly like in the parking lot getting getting in the car you know <laughs>
0: like yeah
1: loading suitcases into the trunk
0: yeah absolutely right <laughs> or i mean in in Provincetown specifically—that's a very funny, uh, uh, place to see drag queens because folks flyer for their own shows, and so there's just there are just folks in the middle of the street, uh, or riding a bicycle around. Have you do you perform yeah. there ever? Have you ever performed there?
1: I've never. I'm the, as gay as I am, I've never been to Provincetown. <gasps> it's it's on my list of things I must do, like soon. I really want to go because it's like a super gay place. It is a there. super
0: gay place. It's also, it's the, it's at the end of the state of Massachusetts. And I remember the first time that I went there <laughs> when I was like in college, cause I went to college in Boston. It is funny to, to, to think about like the, gay, the, the gays just like continuing to move to the edge. Like if there's, we couldn't go any further. The along that state edge. we would fall into the ocean so it right. really yeah. was people being like please leave us alone let us right live our lives. Just
1: let us be gay please well, there's uh, no
0: reason you need to travel through here this, this yeah um <laughs> actually that is the first place i ever saw a drag queen i was there i was there with my i don't know why i had it i have an aunt who lives in boston who we all went to see her. My whole family, grandparents are there. Grandparents from rural Ohio are there. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, she and her husband convinced us that Provincetown was mostly known as an artist colony, which it is an artist colony, uh-huh. but it's also their gay place. And I think I was—I yeah. think I was like ten or eleven when we took the ferry over, and there, um, I do remember walking with my entire family behind somebody who was in full dragon wearing assless chaps i guess you don't need to say assless you can just say chaps and wearing chaps with nothing underneath and Work. just being like i i've never even seen an ass before let alone right let alone
1: this on display an ass. yes yeah um, that's earth.
0: as you as you look into the summer do you do you have dates yet are you doing any of that stuff are you booking anything?
1: Um, I just love it because it's like, it's like I'll see something and it's like, oh, they have high hopes. They,
0: exactly, you know, it's
1: like scheduled. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I believe ex- in positive <laughs> thinking too. Do I think it's going to actually happen? We shall see. But no, there are things I'm like scared to even look because it's like I don't know. There are things. I don't know. Yes, there are things that are happening. Mostly, I'm. What am I? What is the? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Okay. No, that's moving to September. Okay. So, no, no, I don't. But this April is what 15th, the CDC.
0: My oh, comedy ahead.
1: special if, comes out.
0: Which is and very. We can important. all
1: do that. We can we all, can do, all that. do
0: that. Tell <laughs> us more about that. April fifteenth, your comedy special comes out. Tell me more about it. <laughs>
1: um it's like a thing and we recorded it in the pre-covid times and then you know i was like this makes no sense i can't you know during the pandemic i was like we can't put this out so we put it you know we put it away then we were like should we even be telling jokes is this appropriate is so then we like So then we took that conversation and incorporated it into it. And so it's like, so it's really cool and funny and um, I'm excited about it. It comes out April 15th on OutTV USA.
0: Amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, First Mm. of all, yes, we can all watch that. And second of all, this is really what the CDC should be using to determine the end of the pandemic. Is you looking at your calendar and being like, nope, not going to happen this summer. And that that really feels like... I do, you know an I don't accurate projection. I'm serious. <laughs> uh,
1: I know, but hopefully you know, hopefully that thing that is moving to September actually moves to September. Wait, June is this happening? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah,
0: I know it's true. We will see. Um, you're. I want to go back because you were talking about your voice. You were talking about trying to change your voice a little bit earlier, way earlier in your life. Um, yeah. What, first of all, when did you know this is like, like, how did this evolve? Is this always how you talked? Was there a moment where this was different? Like, talk to me about that. It is so distinctive.
1: I wish I knew. And I wish that I could report that, like, my whole family sounded like this, but they don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, why did this happen? What is going on? Like, at what process? I don't know. I wish I could pinpoint it. I don't know, like, why does Tim Gunn talk like Tim Gunn, you know? Like, I don't, is it a gay thing? Is it, like, I, I honestly have no idea. But I know, I started to know, like, what, I started to know my, my, <laughs> my voice. Uh, what, well, I started to know that that I sounded, like, strange because people would imitate me like at me and i think it sure. actually came from like whining because i'd be like no i don't know and my and my friends or my my like siblings would like like imitate that back at me
0: what age like are we talking about when like are high you? school i think okay yeah
1: and then when I was in college like I really knew it was a thing because my roommate started to talk like me and like people were telling him like you're starting to sound like Justin bro Uh, you can't help it if you move in with me you can't help it it's contagious
0: that does sound like I can imagine that that's true yes well I think that something that is actually very pleasing about your voice is that so you have like vocal fry going on You know what I'm talking about with vocal fry, right? Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, oftentimes we associate that. Or, like, when it was... Do you remember when, like, the New York Times was writing, like, a thousand... This is, like, before Trump was president and we had, like, nothing to worry about. And they were writing, like, a thousand (laughs) articles about vocal fry. Like, the, like, NPR was already talking about it. There was a period of time when that was our biggest news story, that people were, like, obsessed with vocal fry. Oh, Um, I miss
1: those days.
0: And yes, exactly. And they were talking specifically about um, women and how when women were entering the workforce, like Mm -hmm. sort of a generation of women that were entering the workforce that were used to talking like this, that it was prohibiting their like growth at work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it was like massively misogynistic. It was just it was essentially articles upon articles that were like, talk like talk. Hey, look, talk normal, talk, look, look, we want we absolutely think you should be a partner at this firm. But just can you talk completely different Um, anyway? So I just think that it's uh, it's extra satisfying to hear you sound like this because you also are at a lower register than we're maybe used to hearing. um, Right. Yeah. Speak at that. And I think that is really distinctive. And it also is. I mean, whatever. I can make anything so serious. But it is, like, yeah, it's, like, creating a lot of space, you know? And, and like, it truly is um, some, like, social justice shit to just, like, talk in a way that, that as queer people, we are told not to talk. And that oh women gosh. are told not to talk. Like, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's well, upending you. culture.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. <laughs> i I, I don't know if i could stop if i wanted to but you know
0: uh well now i'm like
1: now we're talking about it so now i hear it and i'm like well okay so so i've been like you know as i like learn how to like you sing and like vocal so there's like so i could do it like up here and is that is this not vocal fry like sometimes it's easier on my if i'm talking for a really long time like Uh, If I'm talking for a really long time on a podcast, I can do it like up here and it isn't um, vibrating anything down in my throat. But like I naturally just end up down there.
0: I mean, and what and what a pleasure for us all. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God you're not talking like you're just for like this. Yeah, I think it also. I don't know. I mean, again, we can stop talking. I don't this is not. to. But I, I just think it is. There's like a comfort to watching somebody speak yeah in like their real voice. Like this is your real voice. So yeah. yeah. Don't put on that um, diction that. shit. Get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. All right. Uh, just change America by causing all of us to speak like you slowly over time. Which For I think is time. actively happening. Right. Exactly. Um well before I send you back into your day, there's always at the end of the podcast, um I ask folks to shout out a queero, Mm -hmm. which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. Mm -hmm. Do you have anybody to shout out?
1: I mean, probably Jackie Beat. um, uh, Who, you know, when I first moved to West Hollywood, she was, I mean, she, and she still is, you know, the queen of drag. Uh, And she had her own, her own songs and her own website and her own t-shirts and you know, and, and I was like, I was like, I want to, like, I want to be like that. I want to be like her. And so now, and so, like, that's the reason I registered a website. And this was pre-drag race or whatever. I registered a website and I start, and I, like, had t-shirts. No one was visiting this web domain and no one was buying the shirts. (laughs) But I I did those steps because I wanted to be like Jackie B. I recorded my own music because I wanted to be like Jackie B. And now it's, it's wild because now we're, like, friends. We're, like, really good friends and we, like... we like talk and hang out so
0: yeah that's beautiful
1: yeah but but like i i look up to her as someone who is really amazing at drag who loves the art form of drag who has fought for the art form of drag and continues to do so and um is just so fucking good
0: i realize i want to ask you one more question first of all thank you for shouting out jackie this is what i want to ask you um Was this always your drag name?
1: I'm so lucky because yes. A lot of times it's like you go through a sort of like you go through, oh, this is my drag name now. And then it doesn't really work out or it's hard to say or it sounds too much like something else. And so you're in a nightclub and people are saying it wrong on the microphone consistently. I got so lucky that my name is so easy, you cannot fuck it up. Though when I was first starting, people were like, Alexis Thunderthighs, yes. <laughs> like, okay, so it can be messed up, but if you're reading it off a piece of paper, you can't fuck it up. You can't misspell it. So I'm very, very lucky. I got I got lucky the first try. And I well, stole that... my name from marijuana. Say it again. I stole my name from a strain of marijuana. It's called Alaskan Thunderfuck.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: It's still out there. You can get it. It's good. It grows outdoors.
0: Well, <laughs> congrats to that weed for having amazing an amazing name because your because your your name is amazing. So thank God. Yeah, phew. Um. Also, that does sound like something one would do while smoking weed. Look at the package and be like, "That's it. That's my name. That's my drag name. That's <laughs> where it came from." Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was a total pleasure speaking to you, and thanks thanks for your time, and also. I can't wait to watch everything you do in the future.
1: Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you. Uh... Yeah.